0: Hello everyone, this is Valerie Lewis. Welcome to You Don't Have to Cry Alone in Silence podcast. I am happy that you joined us today. If you are in immediate danger, please call 911 and find a safe place. Or you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. So I'm super excited to be before y'all today. I'm so happy that the listeners joined us today. I'm super excited about the guest speaker that we're gonna have. But first of all, I wanna clear some things up. This is a no judgment podcast, which means we are not doing any judgment here on my show at any time during my podcast. There will be tears shed. There's gonna be survivor and victory stories. We're gonna have a variety of different discussions. We're gonna be talking about how effective is restraining orders. We're also gonna talk about the laws. Are there any other laws that really can protect the victims? We're also gonna be talking about where why does domestic violence starts in the relationship? What causes an individual to wanna to harm someone that they claim that they truly love? But we're gonna talk about a lot of different variety of uh, topics. We're also gonna share some information for victims as well as survivors on where they can go because we know survivors, we're gonna need some time. We're gonna need some empowerment. We're gonna need some counseling. And so we're gonna provide information for you. For the victims, we're definitely going to make sure that we have resource information for where you can go, where you can get out, plan some escapes, and for people who may not have experienced either one, we're definitely going to make sure that you're informed to know the signs. Because sometimes we're in relationships, and sometimes that person shows us a little bit of themselves, and sometimes we have a tendency to just overlook it. So we're going to share some information as well on our podcast. It's going to be very much informative, but we're also going to empower, give information, and also help the victims and survivors. So I am super excited today about our guest speaker today. I tell you, me and her know each other from the company that me and her work for. And several months ago, I had the opportunity to hear her. Actually, she was on Facebook Live. Our company had um, a conference and she was speaking. And she was sharing information about her sister and her domestic violence. And she was had so much courage. She was bold. And the thing that really encouraged me so, Her sister had just previously, sadly, tragically lost her life uh, due to domestic violence, but she stood there with so much courage. Even though I know she was hurting, um, I know she wanted to break down but she was determined to make sure that she will let people know about the signs. So, you know, she touched my heart because I am a domestic violence survivor and because I had my nonprofit, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna reach out to her. And when I reached out to her, she was happy and she said, absolutely, yes, I wanna be a part of it. So I am super excited that T. Cabrera Tui is gonna share Her story, she's a mom of twins. She lives in Rhode Island, and she is truly wanting to help people to be aware of the signs of domestic violence. And so Ms. Tui, are you there?
1: Hey, Valerie, yes, I am here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, be your guest on this platform I'm really excited to be on here um, and talk about domestic violence as it is not a subject that is um, it's rarely heard you know so so I'm very glad and thankful to be on here and grateful that you asked me to come on here and be able to share my sister's story
0: Well, you know, I am super excited that you did say yes. Like I said before, I know, you know, like you shared, you know, domestic violence is definitely a hard topic and it's definitely not a topic that is particularly talked about. And, you know, um, it's even worse now because people are closed in the pandemic and you know, you really not be able to go. So now the violence is even worse. And so, you know, we really just have to make a change. We really have to speak out about this and we really have to find some stricter laws. And so I am really determined to work with individuals and people and organizations and all those who have a part or who has the, the opportunity to be able to get into those places where we need to go to be able to make a change for the victims. And so I know your sister Adele, um, you know, when I went on Facebook and I actually uh, saw you post some videos of her, you know, she seems such a woman, of vibrant, a lot of energy, just fun to be around. She seemed as though she was the life of the family, always smiling and just had a great personality. And, you know, I just, I am truly sorry for one of your loss, you and your family, that y'all lost a wonderful, wonderful person. And so, you know, for me, I just want people to know about Adele i want you to be able to just share your story if you don't mind about your sister
1: yes absolutely you know if it wasn't for the type of person that my sister was um i probably wouldn't have agreed to be on here or even agreed to be on that conference that you've seen live on facebook um but i know that you know my sister she was she was always uh, a cheerleader like she was my biggest cheerleader um and so when when she had you know passed away and stuff and as much as it was hard for me to even talk about the subject domestic violence or even talk about her death in general um i could just hear her you know just just telling me like you know to be a voice you know so um but my sister oh my gosh there's so many things i could say about her um she was just she was a bright light Um, if i had to say you know one thing about her she was just the brightest light that i've ever um, met in my life and um she was a big influence you know i didn't know she was teaching me at the time when she was here but she was she was teaching me things that um i didn't even realize up until now no. so um <laughs> my sons are in the background mm-hmm. <laughs> um so but my sister you know you walk into a room and she'd be the first person to say hi the first person to give you a hug no matter what background you are no matter
0: what I'm not, sorry valerie hold on And so we have our children at home, and you know, this is family life. This is real life. I'm super excited that she's gonna be able to share her sister's story. And that's one of the things for me on my podcast, that I want people to share their story so people know the seriousness and the severity of domestic violence. And that if you truly are in domestic violence or you have an inkling of it being, um, you see some of the signs, then you know it's time for you to leave before the relationship even gets started. So I'm gonna share some signs of domestic violence until Tia comes back. And some of the signs of domestic violence I want you to know is first of all, they want to control your finances. You know, they want to take your money they, they want to give you the money. They want to control it. Just like as if you were a child, they're going to give you in a certain amount of money and then they want you to be happy with it. They're going to accuse you of cheating as always. They're going to always accuse you of cheating. It's never them, it's always you. They're always gonna accuse you of cheating. They're gonna blame you for the way he acts or she acts. They're gonna say, you know, I'm doing this because of you. You you for me to do this. You are making me do this. So those are some of the signs. They're also gonna spit punch call you out your name, I'm not gonna curse on here, but they're gonna, you know, um, say foul language to you. You know, they also, they're gonna tell you what to wear, how to dress. They're gonna tell you how to look. They're gonna threaten to kill you or someone in your family. They're gonna lock you in the house. They're gonna force you to have sex with them. You know, these are some of the signs when no means no. If you don't wanna have sex, no means no. And so they're gonna force you to do that. They're going to keep you from working. They're also going to make you feel like they're the only ones that love you. That there's nobody else in the world that's going to love you like they love you. They're also gonna call you all kinds of things. You're fat, you're stupid, you're ugly. You don't know nothing, you're dumb. I used to date prettier women than you, or I used to date more handsome men than you. You know, they're gonna belittle you. They're gonna down you. They're gonna bring your self-esteem down. They're gonna make you feel as though you're nothing. They're also gonna make you afraid of them. They're gonna control you. And how they control you by fear, by threat, by yelling. So some of these are all the signs. Sometimes they show you these signs very early in the relationship. And then we wind up just overlooking it and just saying, he's tripping today or he's acting silly today. He's gonna check your phone for text messages. He's gonna see who's texting you, who's calling you. He's gonna check your social media page. He's gonna listen to your voicemail messages. So he's constantly is gonna be belittling you and you're gonna be walking around your house with like eggshells. You don't wanna tick that person off. You don't wanna say the wrong thing, but it's never ever the right time. You're always gonna be saying the wrong thing to them. You're never gonna do anything right to them. And so they constantly instill this and keep telling you this and keep telling you this. So I just wanted to share some of knowing the signs of domestic violence. So you can catch that early in the relationship and then you know how to leave the relationship before it gets serious. And so Tia, if you can continue and share the information on the story that you were gonna talk about about your sister
1: absolutely i'm so sorry about that my sons um i thought they were sleeping but i guess not (laughs) um (laughs) so i apologize about that um but yeah to continue you know everything you just said wow that was that was powerful and that's definitely information that you know a lot of people don't know in my sister's case um now that you mentioned the signs for for me as a sign I didn't see any because she was so happy you know she just gave birth to her son two months before she died Um, and she was just so happy and she was like she was a new mother um, her first child and anything that she has ever said about the man that she was with was all kind and nice things and she was madly in love with him. This was her first love from what I know of. And so I think that the signs that you just spoke upon, you know, a lot of women may not know that those are, you know, the signs of domestic violence. Like they just think that they're just so much in love that they don't, they don't, you know, see it, right? Because they just think that they're, that that person would never hurt them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so in my sister's case, you know, she... I don't think she knew, I, I think she was just so brand new to the relationship that I don't really think that she really knew that she was in a domestic violence relationship and I know we spoke about this um, before and I, I speak about it to to other domestic violence survivors as well. but. You know, sometimes when you're in a domestic violence relationship, you say nothing but good things because you don't want people to know that you're going through something tragic, right? So so with my sister, like I said, she just never said anything that was bad about him. She never said she was in a controlling relationship. She seemed like she was very much in love. We don't live in the same state, so we always just FaceTimed each other. Um, and so when, when I actually heard the news, um, to kind of backtrack, um, I was devastated and we weren't even the first people to find out, it was actually other family members that was in the same state that she was in because her son needed custody, like needed somebody to take care of him um, instead of being in the, in the system. So we actually found out like you know later on like probably 24 hours after uh, a a little less than 24 hours after it had happened Um, but when it happened we I was shocked I was like who did this like you know we we just heard she was murdered and then we heard it was her boyfriend Um, and you know just not really knowing really like what was going on and and you for me I felt a lot of regret because you know we would text from time to time and sometimes I would be so busy that you know I just wouldn't answer back and I would always ask myself like wow what if she she was trying to tell me something you know what if she was trying to reach out and get help or something and I didn't help her and that's something that you know it's been a year since she's been gone but that's something that haunts me still um that maybe I could have helped So, um, but that same night that she had died, when we were um, talking about, you know, her calling 911, I was actually, I remember the night so clear because that was the night that um, I was doing an opportunity call for our business. And I invited her on and she had messaged me and she said, and she said, hey, sorry, can't make it on, hope it went well, love you. And that was the last thing, the last time I've heard from her. So, so after that, um, we look at the, um, we're hearing the report and they're saying, you know, she called 911 exactly an hour after she had texted me that. So I'm thinking she's, I'm the last person that she had texted, you know, saying that she loves me. And I just look back and I'm just like, it even makes me like sad just even saying this because what if i just called her you know at that moment what if i just called and just said you know what's going on or heard something that was going on seen something that was going on or something maybe i would have stopped something but um you know i guess they got into an argument we don't really know much of the details you know as much as we went through the justice of going to court and stuff like that. Um, We just know that he was upset, and um, they were in an argument, and he went to go grab the knife and started stabbing her, and the way he stabbed her was in places that, as if he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Like, he knew that he was going to kill her. And it's, it's just terrible even thinking about it because even though I, I could have read the reports of what had happened, I choose not to. Mm-hmm. I choose not to um, read it and just picture my sister just being helpless like she was, you know? She was stabbed multiple times in her, um, when you know when you block yourself with your arms, she was mo- stabbed multiple times trying to block herself Um, And he just knew certain areas of her body of where to hit her in order for her to die. And, um, you know, he he ended up calling 911, I guess. And and he had the baby, the two month old, my nephew, baby outside waiting for the cops um, to come. And um, and it it just it puts a lot. you, You know, you see this in movies, you see this in TV shows and things like that so when you hear about something like this happening to somebody that is so close to you like a sister a sibling so dear and close to you it's it hits like hard you know because it's like you would never expect this to happen to someone that is just so close to you and my sister was such a giving person in this world and I could I could see why she, she's an angel now because she was such an angel here on earth. She would give her last dime if that was all she had. She was such a giving person. She was a funny, outgoing person that, and I didn't realize how much influence she had until I went to her funeral and all of her friends from high school, from college, came to the funeral. Like her funeral was a lot of people and it was, it was that she impacted so many people's lives by just her personality, by just her personality, by just her being so bubbly and so funny. And I remember one of her high school friends came up to me and was like, you know, Adele was the class president of our grade and um, I didn't really know her personally, but I know she was such an amazing person. Like People that didn't know her personally came to show love at her funeral, even though they didn't really like talk to her like that. But because she just impacted so many other people and as well as they knew how much of a funny person she was and how loud she was they just knew that you know that type of love like is just you don't get that a lot you know you don't get that a lot so so my sister was was really was really loved I could say and like I like I said earlier if I was to describe my sister she was a bright light she was a really bright light and um you know when we recently went to the court to um to go ahead and go to through the sentencing process which was the hardest part I think I've had to do um is to just to stand there and see him you know face to face and he didn't he didn't look at us at any of us um but you know we all got to kind of share and let some things out you know to um to him and his family was on a zoom call they weren't there personally but they were there listening on a zoom call and i've been able to express um you know my feelings as to as to what he took away from this world um because you know she wasn't anybody average she was she she was somebody that was very special in this world and she, and someone that was giving so much aloha to people. Um, She knew how to play music. She knew how to um, get you out of a bad situation or a bad place. She knew how to flip your sadness and depression into something that was bright. And so when... um, when they went through the sentencing and they said his sentencing and, um, you know, he's a very, he's an older man than my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's like in his 60s and my sister was only 22. And um, yeah, so, so he got sentenced um, for a good amount of years. And, you know, even the prosecutors were saying that, you know, they, they don't even think he's gonna make it in there. Um, but the other part is also the, um, the son, you know, we, we go on life with her son, um, and we just look at that boy and that's her, that's her right there. And, um, that's all we care about. That's all we know now is just to take care of him and to, to allow him to, you know, grow up with a loving family um and you know the sad part is that when when my mom went up and talked to him or um expressed herself she she was asking him like what what do I say to a to a boy that that doesn't have a mom what do I say what do I teach him what do I tell him that his mom is gone what like how do you go through that you know how do you go through the pain of having a young boy who shouldn't have to have gone through it with no mom no dad now to have to grow up knowing that his mom's not here (laughs) so now we just, we just think about the memories that we have with her and you know, um, just think about um, Kauhane is his name. Kauhane is his name and he's so beautiful and he has her smile. Um, but now it's just all about, uh, about him. And, you know, there's something to be grateful for and something to be blessed for. You know, I know, Valerie, you know more than ever that things happen for a reason. What you've gone through with your domestic violence, you know, you have a story to share. You survived it for you to be able to help other women. And, you know, with my sister being gone, I always think about how grateful, we should be because we have someone that she left with us that has her in him and um we also should be grateful like i always think about my kids i think about how grateful i should be you know to still wake up this morning i woke up this morning with my children you know and so it's so many lessons that i have learned from her Here from her being here and now that she's gone I have learned so much and I look back and I'm like wow, you taught me that Adele, you taught me that and that's why I keep going I keep going because of her that's why I'm on this podcast because of her that's why I went to that conference because of her and that's why I'm going to continue to spread and share her story or even if I could help somebody that may be in a situation or may know someone that's in a situation of domestic violence, um, I'd be more than happy to because of Adele. If it wasn't for the person that she was, I probably wouldn't have been here right now.
0: It's amazing when you think about when you Think about uh, Adele and just me hearing about Adele. You know, she lost her life at a very young age, but she made an impact um, on so many people's lives. You know, like you were saying during the funeral, people may have not known her personally, but they knew of her. And, And it's just amazing that, you know, a life cut short. She could have done so many great things, but the good thing about it, you know, she has her son. Uh, she left a part of her with y'all um, that y'all able to grow into love and to share all the good things about Adele, about his mom. And just knowing that the free spirit and the, the laughter, the smiles and, you know, those videos that you have of her, that you can share that with him so he can see that vibrant. Uh, mom that, uh, right. that she was and so that's the good thing that you have those videos so he do have some memories not just by words and you know pictures but he can actually see her in action talking and moving and you know and just keep showing him love and you yeah know, It's step by step, it's a process. You know, that's the hardest thing when um, a victims lose their lives and their children or their children have experienced it. And it just so happened um, your nephew was small enough where he really didn't know he was two months old. Am I correct during that time? Yeah,
1: yep, two months at the time.
0: So it wasn't like he was able to even see it happen at three or four years old. yeah um that was a blessing and it also was a blessing that he didn't also do harm to him right and so um you know i am truly sorry for your loss T. you know for you and your family you have such a beautiful family i see it um you know when you post your pictures just a loving close-knit family you can truly tell and um that's why I'm so passionate about my podcast, because I am a survivor. I know what women experience. I know how women feel. And sometimes, you know, for me, when I um, was at with my ex-husband, and, you know, at the time, you know, he was like the life of the party. He loved to dance. He loved to do stuff. He was fun and all that. And that's what drawed me in. So they know how to draw you in. Right? Yeah, When they draw you in, then you start seeing a little bit of little things. But you overlook it. It's just something you just don't pay attention to. Or if you notice it, you'll be like, oh, you know, like I said, you know, oh, he's tripping today. And then he may just throw it at you bit by bit. Like you, he just reeling you in. Just throwing something at you, throwing something at you until he caught you, until you bite. And before you know it, it's like, how did I even get here? How did I, why did I not catch it? But we overlooked it. And because of women, we are nurturers. We always feel as though, Oh, we can change somebody. Oh, if I just work with him or, you know, he'll change. Right. But that victim, that abuser has to want to change. And sometimes they never do change. And then it could be something back from childhood where he was maybe something that's happened when he was younger or his mom had done some things. And so he just hate women. And, you know, it could all stem back from when they were young and they never got help. And so they bring that into the adulthood and they are just angry and bitter and they just want to be controlled. And some men just like the fact of seeing people in fear. They get a thrive off of that. And so when they find a woman and they start controlling her and they see the fear, they love that. And it, it gives them some kind of empowerment that they start feeling. But you'll be amazed of the women who get caught up in domestic violence, doctors, lawyers, I mean, all different kind of professions. And so that's one of the things for me with this podcast. I want to bring awareness. I want us to talk about it. I want us, uh, you know, people to share their stories. You know, I know sometimes it's hard to share the stories, but sometimes it'd be therapy for other women. And sometimes it'll help that listener who's on the phone. It could be someone who's in a domestic violence situation right now. And maybe it's something where one of the listeners may hear guests say, or something that I may say, or it might be a survivor who may decide, you know what, I decided I wasn't going to counseling, but I realize now since I heard this podcast, I need to go to counseling, you know? So I wanna make sure I bring awareness where I'm able to help empower and to build women, men and teens. I'm gonna have men on the show who were in domestic violence. You know, sometimes that's not a lot spoken about as far as the men. But we also have to look out for our teenagers because now they are being abused and they are so very silent. And so that's why we just have to watch our family's reactions, their personalities. Are they being withdrawn from us? Have their attitude changed? Are they not calling us when they typically are calling us all the time? Are they not coming over in, anymore? You know, you start noticing different characteristics. You know, they become withdrawn, very not talkative anymore. You know, you can see a whole different side of that loved one that you know. And so that's as families, we start getting concerned. We start wanting to intervene. And then sometimes that victim don't want you to intervene. Sometimes they just want you to listen when they call. Sometimes they just want you to just be quiet because they're trying to figure it out in their own world, in their own mind. And so sometimes they don't want the advice. They just want you to listen. And then also, you don't want to leave them. You just want to empower them. Let them know, you know, hey, you know, you're in a um, a severe situation. You know that things can happen, that you can really get hurt really bad, but I want you to know that I'm here for you. I want you to know that I can help you to get help, to get out. I want you to know that I'm going to be here for you. Because a lot of times where we're in that situation, we don't want to share. We don't we don't want our friends to know, our families to know, because we know the initial reaction, what our family is going to do. They're going to come, they're going to act right, they're going to be ready, to, you know, they're going to be doing all those different kind of things. But then again, you have some families who's going to say and flip the script, what are you doing to cause him to be doing that? You know, some women don't have that support. So that one person or friend that they can find that support to, don't leave them. I want to encourage that listener today, don't leave them just be their form, because the average domestic violent victim will leave their abuser nine to 11 times until they had had enough. And for me, when I had had enough, then I was gone. When I was close to my deathbed, I was gone. And so, I am so glad that we had this conversation, T, about my yes. sister. I thank you so much for sharing her story, and I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Anything that our nonprofit organization could do for you and your family, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I want us to continue to speak um, about the signs of domestic violence um Even though it may be uncomfortable at times, but it is a conversation that has to happen. And so I want to thank you so much. Kiss Adele's son for me, give him the kisses, and <laughs> y'all continue to show the love, which I know y'all will. Yes. And I want to just thank you. And I want to thank our listeners for being on the podcast today. I want you to know that my podcast is on Spotify. I want you to go subscribe, like, and follow. It's also on Google Podcasts, Apple, and iTunes. Uh, you don't have to cry alone in silence. You can go to my website at youdon'thavetocryaloneinsilence.org and if you feel as though it's certain conversation topics you want us to cover you can email me at you don't have to cry alone in silence at gmail.com so i want you to know make sure that you love yourself check up on your loved ones pay attention to the signs if you see the signs early in a relationship leave but if you got caught in the relationship be safe Find someone you can trust, that you can talk to, that will be with you so you can make a strategic way of it So talk to y'all soon. We will be back again in two more weeks with another topic. Thank you, listeners, for being on the line. Thank you, T, once again, for being on my podcast. Everyone be safe and have a great day.